Welcome back to the Talk and Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley, Harley Davison. Today's guest is proud father, rugby league legend, and Fox Sports commentator, Corey Parker. Welcome, mate. Hey, mate. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time coming. Mate, it has, hasn't it? So we had a few false starts and a few <laughs> missed starts, but uh, we're here now. Yeah. No, we are. It's... Um it's a great little setup. It's good to see that you're off and running. And um, you know, over, uh, over the last few weeks, I've certainly had a, had a look at some of the guests, and there's been some great stories come out of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, uh, this will be 15 weeks in, and uh, yeah, some of the stories have been incredible so far, and uh, something a lot more than I thought would be happening at this stage, anyway. So, well, there's plenty of time for everyone to talk at the moment. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of things not happening, but one thing that can happen is you can sit and t- tell your story. So. Um, yeah, let's get into it. For sure, mate. Plenty of downtime. Who's Corey Parker? Corey Parker. Well, I'm a father of four. Yep. Um, uh, proud father of four kids. Eldest, uh, Memphis, is 10. Uh, Wiley is uh, nine. Jagger, six. And River, four. So girl, boy, boy, girl. Um, and, mate, to be honest, that's where I see myself at the moment. I'm really enjoying um, fatherhood. Obviously, spent a long time... 16 years, 347 games for the Broncos, um, Origin Australian reps. Uh, but, you know, you spend a long time of your life, I suppose, uh, dedicated to, to one cause. Uh, for me, that was rugby league. And, um, you know, I'm very fortunate. I wouldn't be in the position I am right now if I didn't have rugby league. Along that time, you, you, I suppose your journey changes a few different avenues also. Um, you know, you go from solely worrying about yourself um, as selfish as it may sound, uh, to then, you know, getting married, having kids, and all of a sudden it's not about you. Uh, the kids start to grow. Yep. Um, eldest is ten, as I mentioned, so they're into, you know, their sports, um, you know, dirt bikes, all the all the fun things that kids are into. And um, you know, from my point of view, it's it's nice just to be able to sit back and and really encourage that side of things. So, um, you know, I had a lot of support from my wife through my career. And now that she's, um, I'm finished, she's starting to now forge her own career on Breakfast Radio at Triple M. So um, things are going well. There's uh, never a dull day in the Parker household, but um, in a little sort of s- small snapshot, that's that's what Corey Parker is. For a like retired person, you're you're one of the busiest person <laughs> like people I've ever seen. Yeah, well, four kids will do that to you, for yep. first and foremost. But aside from that, I, I've also uh, been really fortunate since retiring uh, to, to step into, I suppose, a media world yep. uh, with Fox Sports. So Fox League released or launched a channel, um, a full-time channel in, in 2017, uh, which I was a part of uh, and, and you know, very fortunate, as I mentioned, but still a part of to this day. It's it's. It's wonderful company to work with, to you know the, the camaraderie and, and the mates that you've formed through footy is great, but yeah. then to then work and, and to form that same camaraderie with uh, similar guys that I played with um, now in, in work circumstance is, is uh, really a dream come true. So you go out, uh, you, you cover a, a game that you love, uh, you talk about it, you give an opinion on it, and... Um, you go home, you wake up, and you don't feel as sore as you used to. So that's that's yeah, that's that's terrific to you know to be a yeah. part of. Um, coaching is another side that I really uh, really enjoy, and I've been very fortunate to be on, on the coaching staff of the Broncos for a number of years now. But m- of recent times, probably more specifically, um, you know, with that role. So that's an itch that I had to scratch, and um, once I started that, it's it's something that I want to continue and um, you know further in in, in that realm. But um, so those three things alone keep you pretty busy. Mate, it's huge. I, I see it like messaged you, see you. It's like, 
what are you doing today? Oh, I've got to go here. I've got yeah. to go here. I've got to fly here. Probably yeah. less, less a bit now, but um, there's a lot on. Yeah, there is. I mean, COVID's obviously put a halt to a lot of things yep. at the moment for everyone, not only for us, um, but, you know, the game of rugby league's still up and running. And, um, you know, the thing with playing or being in Brisbane and, and working with Fox, it, it's it's not just about the Broncos. It, there's 16 teams, eight games over a weekend. So uh, your time, I suppose, pretty much from Thursday uh, or it could be from a Thursday to a Sunday is very much dictated to by uh, Fox. And, and like I said, it's, it's a dream job and I love doing it. So um, that could mean that you spend one or two or three nights away um, yep. you know, through uh, travelling. But um, no, I wouldn't be dead for quids. For sure. Was it um, – did commentary replace the whole of football? Because there's got to be a bit of a hole left once um, football finishes. It didn't replace it. But it, um, it it serviced it, okay. I suppose. Yep. Um, there's still, and I don't know when that when I'll ever leave. To be very honest, I yep. don't. There's still a part there that thinks, whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know. That still thinks I could still go out and mix it. Yeah. Um, now I could be, you know, very, you know, mistaken in that regard. But there's still a part of me that thinks, you know, if you got knuckled down, you did this, you did this, you could still go out and mix yep. it up. Um, so it didn't replace it, but it did service, you know, again, I love the game of rugby league. It's provided everything that I've got um, to now have a job that I love and it includes rugby league. Um, it, it, it's pretty special. Um, but um, it certainly didn't, play, uh, you know, because when I retired, I didn't retire because of injury. I didn't retire because, you know, I couldn't go on or I felt, you know, the circumstances were different. I, I think, you know, and talking to some close mates that played for a long period of time also, that retired due to injury, hmm. I think it puts a – I think it, it cuts ties because you, you you just know you, you're done. Yep. Um, but this year, for example, I, I played in the nines. I was going to ask about um, that. Yeah, I mean, uh, again – I had that fire back in the in the tummy. Yeah. yeah, it was only for a game, but um, you just sort of think, well, maybe I could go around. Or was maybe that fun? I could. Oh, it was it was outstanding. Yeah. And the thing about rugby league or sport and any doesn't matter what you're doing, is you could be at the back end of your career at thirty five, six, seven, eight, whatever it may be, and someone could just be starting off at seventeen or eighteen. Yep. And you still enjoy the same thing, but when you are eighteen. That person that's just starting off, they, they're only just being born. Mm. So it's it's really funny how it works. I mean, this morning, uh, funnily enough, my young fella loves loves footy. He's only nine, um, loves it. And he, he turned the TV on, they had some old replays. And there was a game played uh, and the Broncos were playing South and I was in the game, obviously, and um, you know, Gordon Tallis and Ben Eichen and, and Paul Green. Mm. You know, these guys now that you look at, you see Gordon on TV, you see Ben Eichen on TV, you see Paul Green's a head coach. It's just funny how, you know, time, I suppose over a period of time, it differs so much. But sport is always there and it doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, we were talking just before about, uh, you know, Mick Doohan and Jack Doohan and, you know, he's just starting his journey and, yep. you know, someone like a... Uh, you know, like a Jamie Winkup, for example, is at the back end of his, yet they're still doing the same thing. For sure. Um, I just think it's really special. And it's only, I suppose, with sport that you're able to do that. Now, in you know, my journey with the Broncos, I still remember vividly um, at nine, in 1992, the Broncos won uh, the competition. They flew in back to Brisbane. That's when the grand finals were done in the afternoon. Mum and Dad said, you want to go see the team fly in? I said, absolutely. So anyway, 
dressed in my Broncos kit. I'm standing at the airport right next to the bus. They come past Winfield Shield um, and I see Alf and I see Kevy and I see these guys and I'm touching them. And, and yeah. for, to me, that fire just ignited. Gives you shivers now. I played with Alf. Mm. I played with Kevy. I, I played with Andrew G. So they wouldn't – I would have just been some scrawny little kid standing at a bus. Yep. But I tell that story now and it gives hope to that little kid that you see down the road and you sign their hat that – you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. That this is that time. I, I just think it's. Um, I think it's really special like that. And, and and being at the Broncos and seeing some young kids come through and then they produce a photo, yeah, you know, ten years ago when they were a little kid and you're, you know, wow. their idol. Yeah. Now they're doing it. Um, I, I just think it's really cool uh, to be able to do stuff like that. It's real, and I guess especially like 347 games. You had a long career. You've seen so many different phases of the Broncos, didn't you? Really. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. When I first came in um, in 1998, when, when I say came in, I was I was only six, uh, 16. I was still at school, but, you know, you, you get invited along and yep. you, you do training camps, etc. But when I came into the top squad in 99, I signed my first contract and myself, Justin Hodges and Brent Tate, all best mates. We sort of played a lot of junior football together. Um, we all signed a contract in 99. We just got back from a schoolboy tour, Australian schoolboy tour from England and... Uh, so the preseason of 99 was our first and football then and, and the, the culture that and the players then, um, it's still no different now. I mean, it, the, the personnel changed, yep. but I look at, you know, you know, I'm talking, you know, Kevy, Alfie, um, you know, Wendell, Gordy, Brad Thorne. Yeah, I'm talking some of the game's greats. And here I was, this young kid at, I was still at school, 17, um, being able to run around and pass and being accepted to some degree from these guys uh, was really cool. Like, I mean, it was, yeah, they drive home and time evolves and I used to do the same. You drive home, you don't think anything of it. But yeah. that young kid, that, that, that person, that, that influence that those people had on me yep. uh, was invaluable. Like, and, and, yeah, when I'm older or when I was in the back end of my career, and you see young kids come in, the influence you have on their career yep. is, is invaluable. Sometimes you fob over it and you just you, you don't give it the, the appreciation it needs or it's just organically that's how it happens. just rolls on. So then furthering from that, now that I'm not playing, the satisfaction, that same fulfilment that I get from helping that young kid, yep. whether it be through a coaching, is, is enormous. Like it's amazing. I love the fact that you can have an influence – on somebody's performance, whether it yep. be mentally, physically, technically, whatever it may be. And that's what it used to drive me as a player also, like having an influence on the scoreboard or having an influence on, um, you know, the fans. That To me, that was, um, yeah, it was always a driving factor. And, and, you know, you do things for all different reasons, but I used to love the fact that you, you might do a, an ex- you know, a great run in a game and then the crowd, the crowd lift. And you know that you've had that influence, yeah. Or you might come up with a with a tackle, um, or your team might be doing something special, and you're having an influence. I think that's really, uh, yeah. To me, that's you know the hard earned punter that you know works his nine to five job and earns his you know thousand bucks a week and takes his three kids yep. to the footy to turn up to cheer you on. Um, 
you know, that's what's sport. That's the reward. That's the yep. reward, absolutely. Mm. You know, you work hard and you do this, and you got all these other factors, but just to give it a you know, little insight, to have an influence on either the crowd or whoever or a player or a teammate, whatever it may be, um, was really, really satisfying. Mate, I was, I was thinking about it last night and um, to go along with that, and it was about 2002, 2003, um, I had friends, friends within the Newcastle Knights, and the Knights Brisbane games were always tough, yeah, tough, tough gritty games. It was like a real, real, real head head to head sort of thing. And um, downstairs at the Caxton Street was always, or downstairs or upstairs, I can't quite remember. Was a, like after was always like the teams got to go, and I yep. had a friend that took us in there. And I remember seeing yourself. You would have been really young, and uh, at yes, the time, oh two, oh three, and looking at it there, like because I grew up in the area. I, I was like, wow, that's Corey Parker. He's come from here. This is pretty cool. I was yeah. a couple of years younger. But thinking of it last night, you would have been doing the same thing probably with those other leadership players that were there at the time as well. You would have been, I was pinching myself to see someone oh, from our area and yeah. you probably were doing the same thing saying, oh, there's, well, captain was Gordon Tallis yeah. at the time. There's Gordon Tallis. I'm in the same, I just played football with him and now I'm out with him. Uh, and yeah, the, absolutely. I mean. That'd be weird. Yeah, well, it, it was. And it, over time, like I still, you know, just to touch on that, for example, I remember as a young kid, you know, I was still living at home, um, you know, trying to make it, playing, yep. you know, to get a contract, etc. cetera. Uh, and Gordy, uh, between sessions, and you know, I didn't really have anywhere to go, so you'd either hang out at the club and do nothing. And often Gordon would say, you want to come around home and have some lunch and that. I'm thinking, are you serious? Wow. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, yep. y- you know, whether he... I'm sure he did, uh, understood the influence that he could have and, yep. and vice versa. Um, I just think that's it, – it, it, it's something that – and I'm sure most professional sports people have at some stage, but the more you actually sit and think about it, the, the greater it is. Um, you know, and, and now that you're finished – or I've finished rather um, – now that I've finished – and, and you can still have that influence on whoever it may be. You just don't know where and who or they, yep. where it might lead or who they might be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, it's 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 really incredible to to think. Um, yeah. For me at that stage, I was just a young kid thinking, "How good's life? I'm just playing footy. Um, I didn't envisage, you know, 347 games yeah. playing for Australia, winning World Cups, etc. At that stage, I was yep. stuck right there and then. But yeah, th- that uh, yeah for for that kid that you would have saw at the yeah. Caxton probably carrying on like a scallywag was <laughs> um was just enjoying that. Yeah. Now that that kid's grown up, there's another young kid yep. doing exact same thing with somebody. It's just that organic transformation of of time and 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 I suppose uh, you know for, for professional sports people or anyone in life for that matter, but obviously more. Um, you know, you can understand it a bit more with, with sports people. You, like you, you've you've worked hard enough to be, still be around the Broncos in the you know coaching roles and stuff like that. Do you see it? Do you see it with the kids coming through now? That eagerness and that that you would have had at the time. Yeah, there's always eagerness. Um, yeah, you know, there's always talent. That's one thing that kids and I suppose young kids always. Yeah. Particularly when they turn up at a, at the Broncos through the development and the, you know the programs that they have. And yep. By the time they sort of step into the the realms of, of, of a squad in, in the first grade sort of squad, um, they've got some talent or they've got something. Yeah. Um, it's then what they want to do with that something. That next bit. Which is, 
you know, I've seen plenty fall away that yeah. had all the talent and all the, you know, the, the, the skill in the world. And then I've seen others that have no talent, no skill, that just do something with that something. Yep. Um, I, I think it's really important as well. And that's what desire and that's what hard work and, and all those things come down to, um, particularly, you know, and where you want to go and what you want to do and, and what you want to be remembered for. Now, um, if you want to be, you know, and stopping at no end to get that. Mm. You know, everyone's in it for a different reason. Um, I, all, I have, all I ever wanted to do when I was a young kid was play footy. That was it. I wanted to be a, a football player. So to some degree, I put a lot of eggs in the one basket. Yep. I had a couple of fallback things, but really, I, I've, all my eggs were in the one basket. But I'm a really sort of disciplined guy, and um, I, I yeah, could make sacrifices along the way to make sure that it ensured that I had every opportunity to do it. When I got there, you know, as an 18-year-old and working under some of those names that I just mentioned there before... Yeah, that was just the top of the surface. Yep. Okay, then, now what do you want to do? And you just keep reassessing. Mm. And you keep re, you know, you keep having uh, achievable goals. There's no use having a goal if you can't achieve it. So, um, you know, having something you could always strive for to make you better. And if you tick that off, well, then what? And then what? And then what? Um, and I just kept doing that for 16 years. At no stage did I sit back and go, okay, I'm happy. I'm done. Some people do. Mm. And it, 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 you know, it then probably has an influence on their outcome. Um, I always wanted to be better and better and better and, you know, competitive and win yep. and all those things. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was interesting. It was an interesting journey. Are you a naturally talented person? Yeah, hard worker. A hard worker. Yeah. And, and that, that derives from mum and dad. So yep. mum and dad, um, dad was a, and still is a, a truck driver. Um, spent a lot of time away when we were kids, uh, you know, providing for the family. We were from, uh, by no means, if I was, had to categorise it, I'd say low to mid socio-economical background. My sister and I never went without anything, uh, but we didn't have the best of any, anything as well. But the traits that mum and dad had and, and gave us, or me, you know, personally speaking, was hard work, was dedication, was sacrifice. And I think they're some of the really best traits you can have in life, particularly, don't matter what you're doing. Um, you know, hard work is just something that you either have or you don't have, or if you don't have it, you can get it. Um, and, and I, you know, from a young age, you know, I can, I can remember, you know, working out in the yard with, you know, I grew up at 10 acres at, at Jimboomba after, you know, from when I was about 11. Um, yeah, I can remember working on, you know, out in the yard because we bought a house that needed everything done to it. Yep. Never house done. It yep. was always buy something and we'll fix it. Buy something, we'll fix it. Buy a mower and we'll fix it. Do this and we'll fix it. Um, so those life skills come, but it was it was through hard work. Take that to footy and you're not going to succeed unless you've got a bit of hard work. Do you need talent? Yes, you do. Do you need skill? Yes, you do. Can you work on both of those? Yes, you can. Mm. Hard work's hard to work on if you don't want to do it. Um, so that was always something that really sort of drove me. Um, that sacrifice also, you know, as a young kid, and I, I remember some, you know, just some memories that are f floating back now. You know, 15, when you're 15 year old and you're starting to play a bit of footy and you're starting to think you're 
you know, pretty cool. Uh, you know, girls and, and alcohol and parties and drugs and all these things that all of a sudden weren't part of your life, all of a sudden now are part of society. So you've got some decisions to make in and around those areas. Do, you, do I go to that party you know, in year 10 or year 11 or year 12, whatever yep. it may be, knowing that I've got something on the weekend? Probably not, um, which I did, as in didn't go. Yep. Um, got crucified at times at school, uh, you, you know, whatever. But I always had that, you know, in my head I wanted to, I want to be a footballer. Determination. And that's what yep. I want to do. Um, and I'm really stubborn in that regard and, and, and even still to this day. Um, you know, if I get something in my head and I want to achieve it, I'll, I'll do everything I can to try and achieve it. Uh, but, you know, so going going through, you know, uh, you know early teens um, into, I suppose, adulthood, um, you know, having those values that mum and dad had instilled, you know, hard work, et cetera, really helped. And then when you go into your craft or, or your profession and playing rugby league, I think they're the, they're, they're the core values that I really lent on. Yeah. Um, and and you, you work on all the others, obviously. Um, but one thing you, you just always needed was, was, was hard work. And um, now being a father of four, you know, I think what are my values I'm instilling to my children? So I sit back and assess it and I think, well, they see dad do this, they see dad do that. Maybe they do, yeah. You know, hard work, you know, this, you know, all, all, all these other things, because um, you got to, you got to, you know, you, you got some, yeah, you, know, you got to uphold what a parent does and, and how you want to, you know, uh, mould your children and what you want them to be like and how you want them to be and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I suppose that's a, that's the role of and the way yep. life goes. But yeah. Because you are the bloke that's around home that does, you know, does the maintenance. You don't hire someone I'm, in to do. I'm the same stuff. as what I just mentioned. Yeah, I'm the same as what I just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. I buy this to fix it to to yep. do that. It's just carried on, hasn't it? It's just carried on. Yeah. And 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 you know, some of my greatest memories as a kid were out in the shed. Mm. You know, some of my my greatest memory and you know my my um, relationship with my mum and dad and, and my sister is very close, very close. Um, I mean, my dad he was in my wedding party. Wow, really? At, at my wedding. Yep. Um, and he was in my wedding party because, yeah, the, you, know, I was, you know, people think mum and dad, they're going to come to your wedding. But my dad was like my mate. Yeah. Like he, he still is. Like dad, you, you know, you know, you get your best mates and they're, they're rock solid. They're, they're a vault. You yep. can tell them things and you can – and there's just no judgment, none yep. of this, whatever. Um, dad was like that. I'd tell dad absolutely everything, everything. Yep. And um, – yeah, we had this relationship, so why does he not deserve to be in my wedding party? He's one of my best mates, so in you come. Yeah. Um, but some of those greatest memories I had with Dad was in the shed, you know, whether it be fixing or doing or whatever. So life memories, um, yeah, life lessons, life skills. You know, this is what this does, this is what that does, blah, 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 blah. And over time, you know, you learn that. Mm. And guess what? My, me and my children, Doing boys, this thing. is what you do. This is how you do it. You, know, yep. you let them do it. You let them you know, make errors. You, you let them injure themselves to some degree. You yep. let them do this. You let them do that. Um, and I think looking back at it or looking, you know, standing outside looking in, I'm sort of doing exactly what I was done yep. at the tort. And, but, yeah. Mate, that, that wedding part, that's such a – I've never heard of it spoken like that. Yeah. Like – my, my old man's my best mate as yeah. well. It's yeah. such a cool way to look at oh, it. Oh, that's brilliant. Yep. Yeah. 
No, I mean, Dad, he, he uh, you know, he, he's been on the same journey yep. as myself, um, just from a different perspective. They've yep. been to every game, and Mum for that matter, but, you know, sort of more singling Dad out in terms of, uh, you know, the male-male. That thing. relationship, yep. Um, been to every game, did everything, provided everything. Um, and, and yeah, yeah. Even to you know, he, I, I flew him over to in my last tour for the World Cup in thirteen. Flew him over to to England, and you know, he got to experience those things because he wouldn't have done it otherwise. Mm. But I thought, well, I'm not going to play in another World Cup in my career. Come over and enjoy it and have fun and see a bit and blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I look forward to my relationship I have with my children. Now I understand. You know, at some stage, you still got to be their dad. Yeah. But I'm like their mate. Yeah. Oh, I love the fact that I can have a laugh and talk like men, not men, but yeah. talk like guys with my nine-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, that's everyone does things differently. Like, yeah, very. It's refreshing. It's di- it's a different um, different way that I've ever heard it spoken. And yeah, yeah appreciate it. appreciate it. The, um, I don't want to just talk to you about footy because you're a three-dimensional character. You've got so many other things that you do as well, and you've spoken about footy a lot. How, how was it going on things like kangaroo tours and stuff like that? Oh, brilliant, brilliant. See, my, my, my journey there even was a little bit unique in the yep. sense that, mate, I, I played – I debuted for Australia when I was 28, 28. Mm. So in 2011, I, I got picked to um, to play for Australia, which to me was that – forward in my career that I just hadn't done. Yeah. I hadn't done. I'd done a few other things, tick, tick, tick in terms of those boxes, but I hadn't pulled on the green and gold. And there was a point in my life um, where I, 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 I played for Queensland and then I, I sat on the sidelines for six years. What I mean by that is that the team, you know, I played in 04, 05. Uh, in 06, we went on that, what is now deemed to be the start of that run. Yep. Um, I was a better player at that stage, but they just picked a whole heap of bunch, uh, new kids and they won, so they st- they stuck with it. So I had to bide my time to get back into it. So six years I was on the side trying to get back in, trying to get back in, trying to get back in. Through that time, I had the opportunity um, to play for New Zealand. My mum is a full-blood Kiwi. She moved over um, when she was 25. So am I eligible? Yes, I am. Now I wow. spent six years waiting to get back in to play for Queensland, but still had that desire and, and to, to, to want to represent the green and gold. Year one, year two, you get through, year three, year four, you think, geez, I'm playing pretty good footy here. I should be able, I should be getting picked in this team. I know I'm good enough to be here. You start to think outside, okay, well, I want to play international football. I can play for New yep. Zealand. Pretty sure if I made myself eligible without blowing wind up, I might uh, I get picked. So that was real enticing, but the one thing that that held me back off that was, um, I, I, I'm of a firm belief that your heart's got to be where it is, particularly with those sorts of jerseys. Yep. And yes, I qualified, but my heart wasn't where it was in terms of running out with a Kiwi jersey on. Yes, my mum was Kiwi, so technically so am I, but I'm not. Yep. And I always had that, that desire to want to play for the green and gold. So. That came in, in 2011 and um, I, I it was like a dream come true. So 2011, 28, so I've played a fair bit of footy at this stage and I've done a fair bit of things in the game to get picked uh, in, in the 
um, Four Nations tour that was going to England. Um, it was Lockie's last tour. That was in 2011. So Lockie was retiring that year. Yep. It was his last tour. So it was pretty cool to go. I'd played a lot of footy with Lockie. Um, and to be fair, I actually made a bit of a running joke whilst we're over there that um, it's Lockie's last tour and so is mine. Like yep. we're, we're farewelling me as well. I've done me one. Yeah. yeah so yep. I've done me, me one yep. tick, one tour tick. Wow. So I went over there and I think, to be fair, actually helped the mindset. Like I wasn't nervous. Like because I'd played so much football and I'd played, yep. you know, I wasn't nervous. I was really enjoying what it was and I think that really helped. Uh, so played in, in, in the 11, I only played the one game. We played against uh, Wales and uh, outside of that, so you're, you're away for five weeks, played one game. So we had a lot of good fun. <laughs> but when you're not playing, wow. you, you, you probably hear that guys talk about it. You're classed as an emu. If you're an emu, you're obviously not playing. You train a fair bit yep. uh, and you have a fair bit of fun also. Yep. But um, So that was an 11 and... Uh, Furthering from there, I was able to then make it again and again and again and ended up playing 13 tests for Australia and won a World Cup. And, um, you know, that, in that regard, it was uh, it was really special because, um, you know, to win a World Cup, the way we did with the team we did uh, was really cool. But going back to when I first was there, um, fulfilling that role or that dream, I still think it's the pinnacle. Rugby league, uh, playing for Queensland is the hardest, most intense arena you'll play ever. Yeah. Um, but pulling on the green and gold, singing your anthem, reflecting back to when mum used to drive you to training, you know, when you used to do this and when you used to do that and you know, all those little memories makes it so much worth it. And I did it in a, in, a, in a place called Wrexham over in Wales in a freezing cold, drizzling rain, uh, standing there. You know, that was my reflection. Furthering from that, I was able to you know, play for Australia and Brisbane and Suncorp and World Cups and stuff and mum and dad were able to you know, come to those ones, which was really cool. Um, but that first initial game that I had, you know, when you stand there, that, that's that's the memories that you reflect on. And it must be um, like, do you get a phone call or something? Just is it is it like that, or what happens? It's uh, is there? It's a good you see question. It on the news? It's a good oh. question because everyone's got a different story to this, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone finds out differently. Right. Yeah, you know, some people find out through a phone call, through a, man, a manager or yep. team manager or whoever. This is how I found out I was playing for Australia, and I was devastated. But also a pretty cool story. So we played uh, when you when you finish um, your season in, in 2011 for us. It was um, I think we bowed out in, in the first week of the finals. The 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 squad was getting announced. Uh, let's say three weeks later or two yep. weeks later. So I had three weeks off. So during that time, you, you continue to train just in hope that you you know you're thereabouts and you, yep. you, know, you, you continue to train in hope. So I'm at the Broncos. I've just finished a, a field session. So there's only a few of us there. Um, I knew the team was getting announced that day at 11 o'clock, I think it was. And um, I don't know, it was, I just finished a field session. I walked in, I grabbed my phone, I had a message from a mate. And she said, congratulations, mate. I was like, what the, what? I'm 
sort of starting to get a little bit. Hang on a sec. What? How would he know? Like, what's? Yeah. What hasn't team? I ran upstairs at the club. Fox was on upstairs and yeah. live press conference, and the names are getting run across the bottom of the screen. And I see C Parker, and I, I'm looking around. Nobody's there. Oh no! I'm there. There's a TV. Names <laughs> yeah. are running across. There's a couple of the lads downstairs. Yep. You know, doing. Nobody's there. I've had. I. I. I my first Australian team. I'm yep. named in. I'm looking. At, uh, no one. Like um, I, I'm jumping up and down. It's the greatest. I'm 28. Yep. Greatest bloody moment of my life, and I'm, there's no one to share it with. Wow. That's how I found out. Yep. And shortly after, you know, you get a phone call, yeah, and you try and act all cool and whatever, you know. Let the phone ring three or four times <laughs> instead of picking up the first time. But that was it. That was it. I rang mum. I rang mum. I was, yeah. But so you got no. That was it. Oh, no heads up. That's you're ten, how I found out. You're 10 years in at this point. Yeah. You know, 10 yeah, yeah, years into yeah, a career. Yeah. That's how I found out I'd made me first Australian side. There you go. Man, that's unreal. <laughs> so that's that's a long tour, isn't it? Long time away. Yeah, that one was only about five weeks, but the the the, the, World, uh, Cup the World Cup was nearly eight weeks long. That's yeah, a long time. It is long time. Um, but and I, again, at the time, you're a little bit self-centered in the sense that it, the world world revolves around me, yep. you. Yep. Um, yeah, you got a wife and kids and stuff, but you know, and being a professional athlete. To be at the top of your game, you, you do have to be selfish. Yep. Um, I know that sounds really bad because, you know, you've got wife and kids, but if you're not selfish, you're not going to be able to do the things you need to do to fulfil where you need to go. Yep. Um, so you need some really good support, which I had. Um, but, yeah, uh, at, at no stage did I even stop to think about, yeah, you made sure your wife and kids were looked after and cared and all that stuff, but it's all about you. Hey, I'm, I'm, this is me. This yep. is us. This is for us. You can frame it up every which way you like, but yep. it's a selfish sport mm. to be – and it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're a motocross rider, whether you're a tennis player. Yep. It's all about you. It's a selfish pursuit. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, and you don't realise that at the time, and it's not like, hey, stuff you, it's all about me. That's not how you approach it, but it sort of is in, your, in you know what I mean, looking back. Yep. Um, so, yeah, eight weeks away was, was a long, a long time. time. I didn't mind it at all. Yeah, I mean, I I love the fact that you, I mean, how good is it? You're eight weeks away with a bunch of blokes that you you love, getting paid best to mates. do what you love. How good's life? Yeah, it'd be the best thing ever. Yeah, oh really mate, will. some of the stories and 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 memories that you have from those times are, uh, will, will live with you forever. Yep. Um, yeah, over that period of time, you know, uh, the families and girlfriends and wives and whatever came over. Yep. But obviously, they can't be away for eight weeks. That's, it's a long time. Not yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> well, not for me. Nah. Tell me this. Between that 06 and 11 period, and, and there was a period of a lot of players dealing in that, were you ever allured by, allured by rugby? Was there any... Rugby? Yeah. No, nah, not so much rugby. I suppose if I played rugby as a, as a younger kid or yep. through school, maybe. Um, so not, not, not through rugby. Now, rugby wasn't... Um, I mean, now, today's game... Yeah, the the crossover is it, it's very easy for for most. A lot more easier for outside backs yeah, as yep. well. I mean, I was a forward, so wasn't so much um, 
you know, I didn't have an appetite and wasn't real enticing to, to want to do yep. it. So I don't think I even really pursued it. So no, not really there. Not one of the things. Because, you know, you just, not that you get snubbed, but you, you miss selection a few times and that. And, you know, um, especially outside backs, there's a lot of backs getting stolen from the yeah. sport and stuff at the time. Yeah, I just, persistence. So. Yep. I mean, that's, keep grinding. That's, that's what I looked at. Um, persistence and patience and... Um, you know, and it's a story I tell young kids. You know, yep. that, and I used to be a young kid, but I, I was uh, I was fortunate when I was a young kid. I, I sort of got picked in a lot of junior rep sides, mm-hmm. but I tell this story to the, to those younger guys that don't get picked in the rep sides. Yep, and they think their world's ended. Like you don't get picked in a you know regional football yep. team. Big deal. Persist if you want to pursue it and work hard, and you just never know what's going to come off the back of it. Yep. Um, so you know, it just—it's just a different time frame in your life. But uh, my time frame or persistence was required when I was, you know, had a hundred and something games and I'd won a comp. Yep. Um, yeah. So it was—it was a different just time. It was a different one, but um, yeah. Looking back, I don't think I would have been the player I was if I didn't face those challenges I did when I was a younger player. Yeah. Because you like uh, without you know, stroking the ego as well. You, As you progress further, your game progressed so much too, didn't it? Like it really got nailed yeah. down. Yeah, so when I first started, it was unlimited interchange. So yeah. the game was a very much a big man's game mm-hmm. because you could roll on and off, roll on and off. And, yep. you know, that's what you could do. In 06, 05, 06, it started to go down to a, a faster style game. So when we won the comp in 06, I think I was about 97 kilos. Yep. Uh, but it was a different game. But I had to make a decision back then, you know, do I want to be this 20-minute forward and that's sort of all you really classed as or do I want to do and be something a bit better? Now, I always – growing up, I played 5'8", so I always had a skill and a pass and a kick and all those sorts of yep. things. But when I came into first grade, I was put in front row. So I really dumbed down that – Skill set, skill set, yeah. so, so to speak. Um, so in 05, at the end of 05, I, I lost a heap of weight, got a lot fitter. Uh, 06, 07 came along and the game sort of went on that path. And then uh, in, in you know, when I when I moved into the to the lock forward position, you know, I started to play 80 minutes. So how do I play 80 minutes? Because at that stage I was only playing 60. Well, you got to get fitter. And, the, and that's quite simply how it was. Hard work, get fitter, get yep. fitter, get fitter. And the best players or the best people in any sport, any sport, are the fittest. Yep. I don't care what you say. They are the fittest. The number one thing you want to work on if you're trying to succeed, if you're the fittest, you think better, you make better decisions, you, you, you execute better, That's that it, it will outlast anything. One thing I do know. Yep. Um, so that's what I made a real conscious effort to do was get fitter, get fitter, get fitter. All of a sudden now I'm playing 80 minutes. So... When I'm on a field and I'm looking and you get a bit of time, you can see and, and, and um, yeah, you're scanning and you can, I can see, for example, if you're tired when I'm pretty good, when yep. I'm going to target you, you make better decisions and everything off the back of that just flows. Yep. You know, you get time for an offload, which was really prevalent in the back end of my career. Always had it. When I was younger, I, I didn't really often produce it too much because I was in fear of coming up with an error. The older you get, the more confident you feel. So you yep. start to, you know, uh, have a, a calculated risk in that area. Um, 
but it just put I just put that down to fitness. I, yeah. I, I simply do. I, I you know, and, and as I said, it doesn't matter what sport you play. I, I don't care. The fittest guys are the best. Yep. That's it. It just happens. It, mate, it does. I mean, you look in the game now, for example, James Tedesco, he's arguably the best player in the world. Yep. He just does not stop. He is that fit. Just runs around, run, 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 run. They, they, they just don't stop. Just, um, yeah, and you, and you go into their training sessions or you ask delve a bit deeper or you, you, know, you, you talk a bit more and who's your fittest? Sure enough, it's those ones. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, what sport you're playing. You make better decisions when you're the fittest. So that was a real sort of conscious effort for me. Right, to get to, to, get to, to that get, point. To yep. get fit, to play 80 minutes, to do this, to do that. I knew if I had to take my game to another level from that forward that was doing a job, playing 60 minutes, yep. okay, you're not bad, blah, blah, to, okay, household name, you know, play 80 minutes, value, uh, valuable, bang, 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 yep. how do I do it? Real asset. Yep. Yep. Did you um, – uh, what was I going to say? The, did you make a, a like a conscious decision to go to lock, or was that sort of forced upon? Uh, no, well, <coughs> or was that part of the fitness as well? Like yeah, a bit of, both. bit of both. So, yeah. I mean, when I first started, I played uh, played in the front row. Um, I then moved out to an edge in the back row. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it. I just didn't like having the, the the restrictions of having to stay on one edge. Yep. Just didn't enjoy that at all. Um, and then. The game, or the way the game went, the lock um, was pretty much another hit up forward, middle forward, as they call them. Yep. Um, but it gave myself and, and my game the ability to, to to float left and float right and and chime in and do this or just do yep. the hard work, whatever it may be. You had more um, more rain, so um, that was certainly what I enjoyed most about it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I thought I read the game quite well. Um, you know, the tempo and what the game was doing, the flow and, you know, sometimes it might have needed just this or you can play with the footy a bit or you can, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. so I, I – lock was certainly the position that I enjoyed the most. I think I played my best footy at lock yeah. um, based on, on, on those things I just mentioned. Do you think, um, like what you're saying about the fitness, like uh, a lot of racing drivers and – motorcycle riders some days they have a day where they they talk about flow state and stuff like that where it doesn't look like it's like it's not even happening you're above it Mm. does that happen in football yeah yeah where it just the game happens in front of you yeah absolutely yeah no it does it's um uh a quick a quick example that comes to mind there um i mean some days you just go out there and the one thing i have learned though playing footy you don't have to feel good to play good all right right some days you feel good and you play good, and there's moments in time where you just you just know, you're like you're, you're like in the game, yep. like you're seeing it before it happens. For example, um, you, you feel it like you're doing it easy. You're looking around and blokes are like struggling, and you're cruising, yep. and you you, you know, um, which would be similar to what you're saying. You can just you just and and your and your value and your contribution is high and. Um, I remember playing for Queensland. We come out of a, an Origin match on the Wednesday, played on the backed up on the Friday. Now the Origin match um, it is fast; it is really fast, and your ass is hanging out from go to woe. That's that's just how it is. Yep. And then back backed up on the Friday night, and the pace of the game is down a step, but you're still going fast. So everything else around you feels like it's slow, but you're you feel like you're on top of everything. You know, you're ahead of everything. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, certainly there's some times where, you know, to to use your you know your head of the flow and yeah, um, you know, some some players play like that. Right. They might not feel like that, but they certainly play like that. But there has been you know, times where you just go, yeah, I just got time on my yeah, side for everything. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, that's it. I know even just say through racing and stuff, like some days it's just things just happen yeah. too easy, yeah. you know, and it, and it happens really well. So the um, you touched on Margot earlier about going to – your wife obviously – going to work. Was that a conscious decision? Like she obviously sacrificed a fair bit of time through, through your – like she's got a massive career now in radio. Yeah. Was that a, was that a conscious decision or the way not it really. worked out? No? Uh, not really. It was um, – Obviously, at some stage, she wanted to go back to work once yeah. the kids were out of an age um, that she, you know, she was that real maternal mother, uh, excellent mother. Um, you, know, you know, those mums that are forever doing, you know, she really wanted to rear the kids, and um, which I encouraged. Um, but once the kids were out of an age where, you know, they can walk and talk and do all that stuff, yep. you start to sort of look to other things. and. Um, her opportunity came on radio was very unique. She had did a work, exp- you know, just from talking off the back of what I used to do, just randomly o- over, you know, phone calls and whatever. Um, she had a uh, opportunity to go and do, I suppose, a week fill-in at um, just a local radio station um, out at Ipswich Way. She went and did that um, whilst having a baby, like breastfeeding at the time, and um, she really enjoyed it. One thing she does do well is talk and talk <laughs> like she's really social yeah uh so she went from there and, and then obviously um she had an opportunity to do a show on a weekend two hours on a weekend wasn't real sort of didn't put anyone out fulfilled her role of working and getting that you know sense of talking to adults and people what i mean by that is you know from all the mums out there and dads for that matter when you talk kids all the time you're just kids you just you're so consumed with kids it's nice to just go out and have an adult conversation so she was doing that and then had an opportunity to uh, to have a, an afternoon show that she wasn't part of because uh, one of the girls couldn't be a part of it she enjoyed that and then she got an opportunity to go anyway long story short uh, she's part of the breakfast radio in Brisbane and, and flying uh, so I mean her story is unique in itself but um, you know at the time yeah, she sort of, better words, fell into it, but enjoyed it that much. She just took off with it. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and yeah, so a conscious decision. Well, maybe not the the career. If you said to her five years ago, you know what, you're going to be a breakfast radio in Brisbane, she probably would have laughed at you. Yeah. But um, yeah, she's very good at what she does. She's a social being, and um, yeah, it's 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 funny what what life throws up. It it, it bloody is. You just never know what's coming. No, you don't. Opportunity-wise or anything, it just you just mm. don't know. Yeah, that's right. How do you feel about footy now? I love it. I still love it. Um, as, as I touched on there before, I, you still have that thought in your head, I don't know when it leaves and, mm. and, and it hasn't left me yet. I, I, I don't know when it leaves. To the, you know, still have that thought in your head where you go, I reckon I could still do this. Yep. Now I'm 38 currently, um, 39 next year. I don't know when that leaves you. Now, I don't know if that means um, there's an itch you've got to scratch or it's just something that stays with yeah. you or I, I, I don't know. But um, you know, I don't know if it leaves you at 40 or you, know, well, you go out there and you have a bit of a run and get sorted out and then go, okay, I'm done. <laughs> but you still just love it, eh? You do, mate. Well, for me, it was all about 
the love. Yeah. Now, that can get mis... mis- People can get misunderstood in that regard. Like, I I started playing when I was eight. Why did I start playing when I was eight? Because I love playing footy with my mates. Well, when I'm 38, which is currently now, why do I love playing footy? Because I love playing with my mates. That never leaves you. Mm. Now, at some stage in people's careers, that does leave you. And it's not about the love. And it's not about playing with your mates. Um and I always say this, you know, and people, a lot of people come to me for advice and, you know, parents and uh, how, little Johnny wants to do this. How do I make enjoy the fo- enjoy the game? Go out there and have fun. Yeah. First and foremost, because if you're having fun, you tend to do things a bit differently. And if you don't enjoy it, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So that enjoyment factor or that love um, never left. Now, I think a lot of things and variables changed over the period of time, but that love for the game never left me at all. And it's still there. It's still there. I don't think it'll ever leave, but there will probably come a time where you go, you know what, hey, old bloke, you, you just you can't, I know. Mix, you can't, you can't <laughs> mix it anymore. Yeah. I don't know when that'll happen. Because you're fit, like your training routine now is probably just as hard as footy. It's a different routine, different. but, I mean, again, I mean, routine, and, and getting back to that stubbornness, routine's all I've ever known. Yep. And it's, and it's routine something that – that gives you stability when you're doing whatever it is you're doing, yep. whether it be your job, my job, whatever. If you don't have a routine, there's no stability. If you don't have stability, there's no um, uh, no consistency. No consistency, no – for me, that was routine. Yep. And footy, you know, when I first retired for you know, 16 years, all of a sudden there is no routine. Mm. And you go, well, hang on a second. What do I do? You know, you try and find a void, uh, fulfill a void, sorry. Uh, so for me it was, okay, well, let's find a good routine that works. So, again, you know, just stubborn. I get up at five every morning, I train, I do this, and then whatever happens is after that happens. Yep. But I've got that routine. I've got that stability that I fall back on regardless yep. of, of what's going on. Um, but I suppose you look at it um, – you go from when you're a kid, from grade one to grade 12, okay? You've got routine. You're told what to wear, yep. when to go to school, when to have your holidays, when to have your lunch. That's routine. So from six to 17, you've got routine. So then when I went from 17 to 34, guess what? I had the same thing. I got yep. told what to wear, where to be, what time to do it, when to have your holidays, when to do this. For six, then all of a sudden I had nothing. No one was telling me where to be, what to wear, and all that sort of stuff. So from six to thirty-four, basically. Six to thirty-four. So your whole, pretty much your whole life, yep. there was you were told what to do, how to do it. So that's all I've ever known. Yep. But it's the one thing I, I know works. And when you've got a routine that works, and that's the key, works, uh, and it takes time to work out what routine does work. Everyone's different. Um, you just know that it, it puts you in a really good stead to come up with the best outcome so for me with footy my routine was x and i mean if you ask my wife she could probably tell you what my routine was it yep. was just that to a t mundane and it was every week same thing same thing but guess what i knew what i was going to get on the weekend to some degree yeah that consistency yep. yeah so it's it's pretty important for for anyone i think yeah, any of those successful people regardless on what it might do or be 
Um, I reckon they do creature a habit. Yeah. Yep. Just keep grinding it out. That's it. A lot of people don't know, but you're a motorsport fan too. Love it, yeah. That's something from childhood as well? Yeah, or? yeah. yeah. I've grown up around cars. Um, so, you know, from an early age, from drag racing, yep. um, I've always had an interest in cars, old cars, building cars, talking about, you know, in the shed with dad, fixing yep. the building, you know, hot rods and, and the like. Um, but I've always enjoyed motor racing as well. I used to race go-karts when I was little. Yeah, um, I can't believe that. No, I didn't. They got to a point, uh, I think it was about 15, 14, 15, mum yep. and dad said, look, you're going to have to make a bit of a choice here. As you know, motorsport, you, know, you can't succeed without any funds and I can't play footy and do this. So, look, I, I chose footy. Yep. Um, but I always loved motorsport, loved it. Um, and, you know, you talk about itches you want to scratch. That's like I, I would love to yeah, be able to be a, a race car driver. Obviously, there's a lot of yeah, a lot of things that go along with that. But um, my next best thing was just being a fan, yep. and and um, yeah, it's a sport that I, that I thoroughly enjoy. It's funny though with with football, a lot of people look at motorsport and go, oh, Jesus, well you just ran around in circles. How hard is it? <laughs> yeah. Whereas I actually love the sport. I, I love what it's about, you know, and hows and whys and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, it's. Um, from that, I've, you know, post footy, I've been able to, um, yeah, work for the supercars, for example, on yeah. some broadcasting and stuff, which, again, yeah, with Fox Sports wouldn't have been possible. But, you know, if you told me seven years ago that you're going to be walking around Bathurst interviewing people for supercars, you think, how good's that? How good's life? For like, sure. It's the best. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty cool. Was that a good experience, the, the uh, commentary gig for? Uh, for supercars, that was good. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, and I think, yeah, people look at you and, and, they, and they pigeonhole you as a footy player and you're this yep. and that. And then when you start talking about, you know, you know tire degradation and, and, you know, yeah. and all this sort of, you know, whoa, what's this bloke on about? Um, or, or whatever it may be. But no, it's something I, I, I you know, I, if I miss a supercar race, it's because I, I'm busy or whatever it may be, but um, yeah, it's it's they're very cool, very cool. Uh, I've got some some friends that I've been able to form uh, some friendships I've formed over a period of time with some of the supercar drivers. Yep. It's great to see some of their careers um, and what they've done, and and again, I mean, they appreciated I suppose my career from where they used to watch from, but I'm like that fan that appreciates their career from what yeah. they yeah. So it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing with the uh, the motorsport side of it because it's I don't know what it is, but you're either sort of seems like you're either a football fan or ball sport fan or motorsport. Yeah, you know there, it is sort of a bit pigeonholed. So um, yeah, I, I found it really interesting. I knew you're into cars a bit, but I didn't realize you raced carts when you were younger or anything like that. So. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I didn't. I obviously wasn't good enough that any sponsorships came along <laughs> at that that point in time, but. Yep. Um, yeah, my relationship with Chaz, for example, yep. Chaz Mostert, um, it started pretty much after his accident in Bathurst. Yep. Um, had that bad accident in Bathurst and, you know, um, I reached out to him on social media. He was from around where I was from. Yeah, I'm a fan. He's from a local boy from around the area. Excuse me. I reached out to him on social media just from a mental point of view. Obviously, yeah, at the time is 
young kid and he was striving to be the best and, you know, a massive future and things were going great yep. and then split second, bang, whether it be an injury for a footballer or, in his case, in a car. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, sort of we, uh, reached out and, in, you know, um, in support and off the back of that we formed a bit of a friendship. Um, yeah, and then, you know, Chaz had come around home and we'd train at home and... Um, yeah, that's that's how our friendship started. And I mean, his career is, speaks for itself, I suppose. But um, yeah, for me, I was I was just a massive fan. And you know, if I could have helped him just by you know, giving some some support morally or mentally or physically, yep. even um, by all means. And yeah, that's yeah, that's how that relationship started. It's pretty cool. Because his break was terrible too, wasn't it? it wasn't oh, it was bad. Yeah, but it wasn't so much the break. I was, I was, as harsh as mate, I wasn't too concerned about the break. But it's is mentally what yep. it does to the, a, a young kid. You know, it's like a young kid comes in to play football and he's got the world at his feet and he's shown all this potential and then does his ACL. Mm. Well, okay, there's going to be a little setback here, but how are you going to attack it? What are you going to do with it? You know, and Chaz was in that mould. Um, had a huge potential and he had a setback. How was he going to attack it? What, what challenge are you going to do? Um, you know, and then Chaz, you know, the Chaz Mosser that we see now, this lean, sort of disciplined driver that we see now to what he was, is completely different, isn't it? It is. So he made a real conscious, conscious effort to change whatever his habits were to to be better. And he he's doing that. He's killed it. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's been good. But that's, yeah, that's sort of one little story on it. So you're still in the supercars, though. You're still, Love it. You're still loving it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What are you, what are you uh, and you're hands-on too, with, what are you building at the moment? You building any cars? Or? Uh, I'm procrastinating at the moment. I've got an XR wagon, 1967 XR mm. wagon, um, that I come across that it, Dad and I have actually, well, it, it's it's on the road. It's it's, yep. it's it's mint. This thing's mint. Um, but I want to make a real bit of a sleeper out of it. Um, for those who don't know, a sleeper's like have it looking like Nan's car but yep. you know, pretty tough engine and stuff inside but as I said I'm procrastinating over that it's um, to do that you've got to put a fair bit of money into it and yep. I'm a little bit tight in the hip pocket at the minute yep <laughs> money and time and, yeah. that's it money, time all that above um, but I've got a cat. I've got a 1955 Caddy as well which yep. is a pretty cool car and I've I got a 76 F truck that I've had for about 15, 16 years I've bought and sold twice that particular um, car. That particular car. Uh, I won't be selling it again. No. Um, and I've got some regrets along the way. Anyone that's built a car out there will understand you've got some regrets. I've sold some cars that I just shouldn't have sold. Yep. That's just plain and simple. Um, but anyway. Especially now because cars, uh, oh, cars have become investments more so, than, yeah. more so than houses quite, quite commonly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I bought a, 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 I built a well, – Dad and I built a 1938 Plymouth, really sort of mean-looking car, hot yep. rod. Took about three or four years to build, you know, from start to finish. And um, long story short, had it for a long time, enjoyed it, sold it, bought a boat, used the boat twice, sold the boat. Really? Got no car, no boat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a shocker. Anyway, there we go. Kids in sport. Say your kids come home yep. and say, hey, we want to pursue a rugby league career. Yep. You'd be happy with that? Yeah. Yep. I was really reluctant at the time. Wiley, my eldest son, he's nine. Mm. Um, my wife wanted to get him into football at six. I, I, I kept saying no, no, yep. no. Uh, I just think that's too young. Just enjoy being six at the time. Yep. Um, he started at eight. 
eight. I started when I was Seven. eight, so yep. I thought eight eight was okay. And loves it. Absolutely loves it. Like doesn't just like it, he loves it. Yeah. So and that's not through anything I'm not I'm not pressuring into it. But if you're gonna do it, let's do it properly. Yep. Okay. So let's learn how to do this and how to do that. And if you still love that, let's keep doing that. Yep. Which is where he's at. Loves watching it, loves knows everything about it, which I think is pretty cool because yep. I can sit and have a yarn about footy. That's with, cool. With my son. Brings well, that mate thing back to And he's it? nine. Yeah. <laughs> so he knows all the players. He knows everything. it all. Knows it all, knows where and what and how and all that yep. stuff. Um, so that's that's really good. He's very – and out on the field, he's, he's very good at it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's the teachings of, you know, a team and, and how you can have an influence on – like if you're really good but your teammate's not, well, how do you make him better? Mm. They're the little areas that I like to see yep. him, you know, do. Um, so kids in sport in that regard, yeah, he, he loves his footy. You know, his brother, who's six, Jagger, you know, he, he, like, he trains with Wiley, goes to training. And at I'm six? Sh- yeah, at six. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's got an older brother, so you're always playing in the backyard. So he yeah. understands it. He gets it and all that too. But I, I'm, I'm not real keen to get him started yet either. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he loves his – they love their dirt bikes and they ride around home on their bikes and that. So, you know, he's happy just being a kid at the minute. Um, but, I mean, I think if, if he was six and to play, they've got to wear these Oztag things now, which, in my opinion, is rubbish. Yep. Um, what's the point of running around? He just wouldn't – yeah, he wouldn't like it. He's yeah. too far advanced to, to like pulling a tag off something. He'd rather just tackle. Anyway. Yep. Um, and, and Memphis, my, my eldest daughter, she she's into netball. Um, she's into acting and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it uh, keeps you quite busy. Yeah. She's quite busy. And River, the youngest, she's just do your best. She's four. Just she's keep the up. Of four. <laughs> yeah, just keep up. She'll be rougher than all of them. Don't worry about that. What about dirt bikes? Like I see you go riding a fair bit and we've spoken about it too. If they come back and said, hey, we want to race motocross. Yeah. Uh, well, at this stage, Wiley wants yeah. to do motocross as well as footy. S- some of the well jumps. As, that was... as well as other <laughs> things. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it, they don't mind jumps and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, and it's not something I'm, I'm, I'm yep. not opposed to. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think there comes a, yeah, it's just time restraints at the moment with yep. my career yep. as in what I'm doing, my wife's career and what she's doing, and trying to disperse evenly between all the kids' careers. For sure. Yeah. Um, so at the moment he's he's footy. Okay. Uh, we we ride dirt bikes in the backyard or wherever yep. wherever. And he, he, the control, just natural control that he's got on a bike. Now I wasn't a dirt bike rider coming growing up. Yep. Um, and I understand you need, you know, he, he's he's got all that natural knack mm. from what I can see. So I'd like to pursue him in that area. Um, but we'll yeah, just wait and see what happens. Whereas his younger brother, he's riding bikes too. Um, obviously when you're the younger one, you just follow whatever the older one does, yep. but you're doing it at a younger age. Yep. Um, so he, he enjoys it too. So by that time, by 10, he might be progressed because you've learned it so That's much right. earlier. Yeah, yeah. So if I was... If I was looking at the two boys, for yep. example, um, and saying which one, would, I'd probably say the younger one would go into bikes over the older one, although the older yep. one at the moment is pretty good on one. So anyway, anyway. It's one of those things. It's, it's sort of like footy too. The foundations are made at a young age. That's it. That's you know, it. Yeah. Like you're saying about the tackling. Tackling should be still allowed. Um, I agree. I agree. It's a tough one. Mate, well, we've done pretty much an hour. That's an hour. an hour. It's done already. Yep. Look at that. A bit over an hour. So Time flies. It does, mate. So, as I say, it was a, it was a little bit of uh, back and forth to get here, but um, it was. It was nice. I, I, I always. It's not until you get actually 
put down, yep. as in sat down and, and then probed a little bit, that you actually start to reflect. Uh, I think as humans and individuals, we don't reflect enough at, at times. Mm. Um, you know, my story about dad and the wedding party made you reflect on, you know, you didn't think of it like that. And we've all got those, you know, it's, we think life's too fast to actually sit, stop and smell the roses type thing yep. um, where we should actually do it a bit more. So I've enjoyed it. It's been great. Thanks. Fantastic, mate. Well, as I say, once again, thanks for coming in and uh, we'll see you around. Sounds good. Thanks, Cheers. Mate.